Wow. Yeah, so I just got told yesterday that I'm preaching. Um, hey, can I encourage you to come along to uh, Scott's Christian Education Session? It's coming up on Saturday. Um, it's actually taken us a long while to get a special speaker like Scott Ian. Um, just to, he's going to help us connect the book of Acts um, with church history and how we got to today. And so it's a real, he majors in church history. And I know Pentecostal church like ours, we don't get a lot of opportunity and sessions to delve into history. But I want to put it to you that we aren't here just out of the blue uh, here in Australia having a church like this. There are a lot of things that have happened in our real world that have connected the book of Acts into us. And some of the issues that they're facing in the early church are actually issues that we're revisiting today because people wanted to change the gospel to suit. So there was a lot of heresy. There was way more. If you think we're being persecuted now as a church in Australia, they had persecution. And so how, how do they handle it? And I think they've got a lot of wisdom for how we can tackle some of the challenges today. So please, please do sign up or rock up. Um, at, um, you can, you can um, do that on our bulletin or on our website as well. Okay, it is fantastic. I'm going to do a 30-minute message. Uh, it's going to have one point, and I'm hoping that you will remember it. Uh, but it's been great that we have had this generational generation series because I don't know if you know, but it is increasingly harder to connect across differences. We're, we're living in a much more polarized society now. And, and one of these big polarizing differences is actually the generation gap, where people have just stopped. Um, we're, we're divided on political lines. We're divided on uh, uh, religion lines. Even cultural lines, we're kind of divided. And so a series like this aims to bridge that gap between the two generations, where one generation speaks to another. What is love if it cannot actually be lived out? And so we've taken the time through the series to really delve deep into some of these generational um, differences. Uh, like, I'll be honest with you, it's not been the most polished series that FGA does. I, I don't even think FGA has a polished series. <laughs> but it's been one of the more authentic ones. Uh, we have heard real-life stories, people giving a, a snapshot of their real life, the issues and the things they have learned in their generation to hopefully pass on to the next. Um, you know, uh, the passage for this whole series is uh, Psalms 145 verse 4, and it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so through the weeks, we have had one generation sort of say to the, the, the upcoming generation, Hey, let me tell you what God has done in my life. Let me, let me share with you our journey, and maybe you can pick up something of, of the character of God. Just pick up something uh, along your way. And I'm going to summarize some of the key messages um, through the series. But I, I hope if you, uh, I don't know if you know, but we have an app. Uh, Nick's developed an app for our church. And you can um, find the FGM guide on that. And you have links to actually all of our PowerPoint slides, all of the messages, the songs that were sung on that day even. Um, and if you missed any of these, especially some of you who have been at camps and traveling, please 
um, go back and listen. Because in the beginning, we started off with the, we spoke to young families. And we said to young families, I know it's busy right now. You've got lots of kids. But please, aim to connect wider. And then try to, in your young kids, instead of just getting them to sleep at a certain time because, you know, I've got to watch my TV show, so sleep. Um, cultivate loves. Shape the things that they're going to grow up loving. Um, then we spoke to the young adults, and, and Quinton spoke, and he said, today impacts tomorrow. The things that you, I know you want to live your life for now, and you want to have all these amazing experiences as young adults, that is fantastic that you are having the best time of your life, but tomorrow is going to come. So think about what you're doing now in this stage, because it's going to impact the future life of yours going forward. Then we had the midlifers. We spoke to the midlifers and Uncle Ronald and Auntie Eve shared to the midlifers, people who have got teenage children. And he began and he said righteousness. He spoke about righteousness being about right relationships. And then they went on to talk about what it's like to have relationship with your aging, as a midlifer, with your aging parents. And then relationship down and some of the troubles that we heard along that way. And that 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 God, when in His two commandments, they're relational, right? Love God, love others. And so um, then last week we had Audrey come and speak, and she did really, really well. And she spoke to our high schoolers, this segment that is running the service today. And, and she said, look, I know you're really keen to do your own will, and you've got great ideas, and you're going to shape your own life and write your own story. But can I encourage you? Let God write your story. Allow Him to lead your life. Let Him direct the things that it's going to happen, and He can author a story of your life better than you can. So I, um, just watching from a distance, I've been so thrilled at how this series has been going. Um, today, I'm going to speak upwards. So I know I don't look like a high schooler. Um, we're speaking to the retirees, but also we're speaking to everyone who's older. So I'm going to take an opportunity to wrap up the series, and we're going to speak from a younger generation in general. That means every generation down, because we've been doing the older speak to younger. And today I'm going to cover in one hit, younger speak to older. What you have to understand in Christianity is that there are a couple of biases that sit around Christendom. Like older people are wiser, we're, we're to be honored, and right? And so there are a couple of these biases that sit, like, the, like between men and women, or between the older and a younger generation. And if you just have a cursory encounter with God and His Word and with church, all you're left with is a very shallow engagement, just the headline topic. And I kid you not, it will steer you wrong. So that you will miss the richness and the nuance and the depth of the wisdom of God. For example, you will land on children obey your parents. And you will forget the, the very next passage that says, parents, don't exasperate your kids. Don't provoke them. You will, you will land on wives, submit to your husbands. And you will very quickly 
forget what came before that, which is husbands love your wives by laying down your life like Christ did for the church. There is a lot of richness that comes in the wider counsel of the Word of God. And so broadly, we have been covering as a church, older speak to younger. Do the younger generations have anything to offer the older ones? Does this go at all? Anyway, and that's what we want to cover today because there is a downward bias. And if you're only superficial with your engagement with God and with the church, that's all you're going to think. I'm older. Everybody just needs to listen to me. I'm going to run around and, oh my goodness, we couldn't have Sarah up here as a high schooler. Surely she cannot share anything at all that's going to inspire me about my giving to God. And I would like to think otherwise, that God has actually put His seed in every generation to be able to reflect Him. And that's what we're covering today. Now, in the Bible, where, um, where have we ever seen somebody who is older, wiser, stronger, more powerful, more deserving of honor, reaching down to someone who is less, younger, less powerful, less capable, less resource, less wise. How, where have we seen that? Today, I want to help us as much as I can. I want to talk about one key that is going to help you connect across generations, in particular, how it's going to help you connect down. How, if there was a young person speaking to you as an older person, what they would say. Because I get so often, you would not believe, I come up in, as a pastor here at FGA, so many people come to me, oh, oh, I, I wish I would be invited to speak at the younger guy. Oh, I have so much wisdom. I have so many things to say. They're just not... They're not inviting me in. I never get a chance. You know, I wanted to do this long explanation about life, and they're not listening. And so there are all these barriers as we try to impart our wisdom downward. It, it's largely just not noticed. What can we do as an older generation? So I've had to do this as a youth pastor, kids pastor, youth pastor, young adults pastor, executive pastor, now senior pastor, speaking to the younger generation. How can we unlock that influence and that connection between us and a younger generation? Um, obviously, what I'm going to be talking today is linked to humility, but I'm not going to use the word humility. I just think, um, I, I don't want to go into like these big epic words and then nobody knows actually what it's about. So we're going to um, talk about another word that's a little bit more practical, pretty much means the same thing. I want to paint a picture, if I could. You know, um, I think we have a good sense of um, this interconnection between the generation. I came back last, um, last week. Uh, you know, my wife's away. I'm watching the kids, right? It turns out uh, the kids watch themselves really fine. Like Rachel cooked dinner the other night. No one's watching me. We just, I mean, I'm like, whoa, I don't have these clothes. Oh, yeah, there they are. I should do my own washing. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, so I, I come home, and I see Rachel is talking to her grandmother. 
and they're chatting and they chatted till like almost midnight. I'm thinking, wow, how did we get to this place? I see, I walk into our youth group and I see them interact with the older generation. I see our younger, uh, our, I go into our older meetings in church and I see young people rock up to help set up and do everything all for them. I go into our kids' ministry, I see the different generations working together and I want, oh my goodness, there is something, and like, please take it with a pinch of salt because we're definitely not the perfect church and neither do I have the perfect family. But I do, I'm very, very conscious that we are specially gifted for something. And one of the things that we're specially gifted in is a cross-generational relationship. And so what enabled, what, is, what has happened in the life of FGA even that has brought that about. Can I share with you this one key? And it all summarizes down to this one word, and it is listen. Listen. If you want to have the one key that's going to connect you to your grandchildren, if your children are growing up and they're older and they're now leaving the house, they're getting married and, oh my goodness, they are just raising children all wrong. They didn't take off their shoes in their home. They're going to sleep. Their hair is wet. They're not doing their homework. Oh, they didn't eat food. They're running after they eat, whatever it is. And you want to give them some amazing life advice. Can I share with you today this one key that is going to cultivate an environment where you can actually be able to share that life advice and relate with them, influence them, and um, inspire them. So why is it, why, why is speaking cross-generationally tough? Okay, so just really quickly, we are living busy lives. Every generation comes up to me and tells me they're busy. Whether you're retired, whether you're young, I've got like primary school kids coming up to me. Oh my goodness, it's so busy. <laughs> yeah, I just had a big argument the other day because apparently there's not enough time in the day to watch YouTube. <laughs> Life is too busy. And not enough YouTube space. You know, we all live busy lives. Many things are calling for our attention, right? And so if you're going to be another voice, an older voice in there, shouting into that sea of voices, you're going to get lost. Then the next thing you need to understand about our world today is because we're so big, we're so connected now, everybody can... Uh, their backgrounds are getting more diverse. The standard family is less and less commonplace. Um, standard, but everybody has got all these like little weird niches, like the senior pastor knows every word of how far I'll go, but I'll lie, right? Um, because we're able to, to, you might have a kid or a high schooler or a, um, a young adult, and they are really, really interested in some absolutely narrow, I don't know, I've got like a son who does fencing and a daughter who does aerial silks and another one who makes slime, right? <laughs> you know, like, I never thought I'd have to know anything about aerial silks, fencing, and slime when I became a parent. It was not in the manual, right? 
Like, that's what you have ahead of you, man. Oh my goodness. Okay, um, so backgrounds are getting increasingly diverse. And then, three, the opportunities just aren't there. Even if you want to speak to the younger generation, when do you get that chance? They're so busy, they're not, they're not coming over for dinner, there's just not that opportunity around, right? So, why then is listening the key? Because first, you have to understand, listening gets people's attention. All right? It gets people's attention. Because you're not engaging just to say a bunch of stuff to them. You're now there as the grandparent, the retiree, or even as a parent. You're now there going, hey, I'm just available. And they'll come to you with problems, with issues, with your weird way of uh, running life, uh, with some of the, the issues even that they have gotten themselves into, and they just want to vent. Secondly, it, listening helps you understand the context that you're dealing with. If you invest some time as an older generation person to really, really listen, you will discover things about slime making and fencing and aerial silk. But you'll also discover things about each of your children. You will discover the kind of world they live in, the kind of issues that they're facing. And you won't, I want to put it to you, you won't even get to that if your first step is telling. Thirdly, if you listen and you develop a reputation as a listener. So I'm talking about developing a reputation as a listener, not a teller. People will come to you. People come to you. These things are harder built. I'm not talking about one time I'm going to listen to you. Pastor Chris preached the sermon and, great, I'm going to listen. Quick, tell me everything. I'm talking about creating an environment where a younger generation can be listened to. An environment like what we have very hard, very deliberately tried to cultivate here at FGA, where people can kind of be themselves at every generation. So we've had all the different generations sort of celebrate their generation, right? Um, and they can actually be listened to. That kind of environment, that kind of environment actually fosters genuine relationship, okay? So I know I just made this up, okay? So I, I, it's not fancy or anything, right? But it kind of goes like this. Listening environment, if that exists for a long while and your, your kids or the generation below you are, they know now because of your reputation, because of what has happened, because of the culture, because it's done so many times, they know that it's a listening environment. It fosters relationship building. So they come. They'll tell you about things. Maybe if you have very young kids, things you're completely not interested about. Well, they'll tell you. Uh, maybe they'll tell you. That I cannot... In an Asian environment in particular, I cannot tell you how much gets censored when a young adult or a high schooler or somebody goes to talk to their parents or their grandparents. 
there's a large set of things that just automatically get censored. Right? A listening environment says, hey, you can share those things. It develops real relationship. Then you can move to life advice. I mean, you guys know my parents. Life advice is their specialty. <laughs> so I'm not talking about, oh, I have to be always listening, always listening, and I can't provide any of my wisdom down. No, 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 no. I'm talking about building, cultivating. That's why all of you have got seeds. I'm talking about building and cultivating the kind of environment where relationship can grow and those um, insights and that, that sharing between the generations can occur. And listening does that. So, let's go into Scripture because today it's all anchored on this one passage. King David is fantastic because he tells it like he is. And, and he's, a, you know, uh, he's really in, in touch, I think, with his emotional life. And, and he's just so fantastic. There's a psalm. Um, the psalm is called... Um, so the psalm is... So the psalm is titled, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. If you want an example of how somebody greater, more powerful, um, can relate with somebody uh, who is younger, uh, less wise, uh, that is God and us, that great relationship. How do we get it so that David loves the Lord and opens up to the Lord and tells the Lord stuff and, and has a heart after the Lord and allows God to influence How does that happen? Let me read to you the first two verses of that psalm. I love the Lord because. And here's your first key. He's heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he, past tense, has inclined his ear to me. That means God has already developed a reputation of inclining his ear to David. I don't know if you catch listening language in there, but we have a God who listens. All right? Um, you're going to discover that listening engenders listening. Shouting engenders shouting. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. I'm going to do the main points of today's sermon, and they're going to be anchored on this one passage. Please, if you can capture anything from this generation series, if you can capture anything from today, I hope that you will capture the kinds of things that listening can do to open up a world of influence. So um, I can't have this passage up and my point, so please turn to it. Oh, I sa it says 100, Psalms 145 verse 4, but it's actually 116 verse 1 and 2, just to make sure you're paying attention. 116 Verse 1 and 2. Okay, so if you can turn to it and you have it, I'm going to go through these points. So, how do you create a listening environment? Firstly, you have to have an intentional orientation. So, we're just going to give that, um, take that for granted because I just spent ages talking about why it's important to orient yourself towards listening. So, how do you create this listening? The first thing that God does is he, you have to let them talk. I'm just going to keep it really simple if I could because we're talking about real life here, okay? So what you have to do is you have to just let them talk. And then they're talking and they're saying silly, th completely ridiculous things. 
And you're going, are you serious? What's going on? But then you have to let them talk for a long time. All right? That's how listening gets done. You sit down, you invite your grandkids over for dinner, and you just let them talk for a long time. It seems like a long time. And then you look at your watch, it's only 10 minutes, you know. But, but you've got to, if you're going to be a good listener, there has to be very clearly in your mind, you've got to go, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen for a long time. Three, you have to extend grace. There is grace required if you're going to be a good listener. Now, I want to, I want to tackle this big myth that, that is around um, I guess just around, um, it goes like this. If I listen, if I sit down and I listen without commentary, then I'm condoning their actions. Because I just heard them like, do this thing and I know they're sinning. I know they're sinning. And, I know they're sinning. and if, if, you, if you sit down and you listen and you don't speak the words of God at that moment, you feel like, oh, I'm just condoning it. But you have to think of all those times where Jesus would meet with sinners and his first words, his first encounter when he's in listening mode is not to highlight and to condemn. All right? So there is an extension of grace that is needed. The reason why we're not told, as an older generation, the reason why we're not told things is because the younger generation will feel like, ah, oh, there's not going to be enough grace extended, so I can't tell you the real picture. I can't tell you the full, actual thing. I can't invite you to my house because it's actually really messy, right? I got young kids, really messy, and so there's not sufficient enough grace because as soon as my parents or my in-laws walk in, oh, why, why, why is this so messy? Oh, how come you did it? How come you didn't do this? Oh, what are these clothes on the floor? And then, fine. I mean, by all means, go ahead and do it. But if you are serious about cultivating a listening environment where genuine relationship can thrive and grow, you're going to have to extend grace. And I want to just remind all of us that is how God related with us. If I could just remind all of us, imagine being a perfect God and looking at us and the kind of decisions we make. That's why... Um, so the first one, let them talk, is linked to, because he has heard my voice, extend grace is linked to, and my pleas for mercy. God extended David this grace, right? Grace is like, I need your mercy, God. I know, I'm, I know it's all messed up. Thank you for listening. You know why? And it goes back to, I love the chiastic structure in Hebrew. Oh my goodness. Okay, anyway, it goes to the first part. I love the Lord. Okay. Four. Clock in practice. Clock into, because let me tell you something. I, I grew up as a bad listener. Terrible listener. Amazing talker, right? But bad at listening. And I think it's just like, default in guys, I don't know, selective hearing, whatever, right? Like, it's just um, really bad. And so I've had to very intentionally learn to listen. And let me tell you what I've picked up is you cannot get better at listening just by reading a book. 
You can't. You can't get better at listening by even being at a Sunday service talking about somebody who's talking about listening. You can only get better at listening after listening for a long time and doing it badly and then over time getting better. That's part of the reason why we're very intentionally here at FGA um, making it not that comfortable a place because it, it means we're, we're going, okay, the person's speaking, it's a little bit rambly, maybe the story's gone a little bit too long. What are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? Oh, I'm learning to listen better. I'm clocking in practice to listen. I've got a different generation coming up here and I didn't even get half their slang. What's happening? I'm learning to listen better. And so please, please, if you want to grow up to be, let's say you don't even have, you're not an in-law yet. You don't even have grandkids. If you want to grow up into be that kind of a, a, a grandparent where you uh, cultivate a listening environment and this genuine practice your listening. That means do stuff with young people. Get involved in some of the things that the fair that's coming up. That's a great opportunity for you to listen. You can work, actually literally work in a cross-generational team, cooking food, running games, whatever it is, and you will get better at listening across generational lines. And I kid you not, that will come in handy when it's your children and it's your grandchildren. Because listening is not learnt through reading books. And that comes out in verse 2. And he goes, because he has, and in Hebrew, the past tense is used, because he has previously inclined his ear to me. God has been listening for a really long time. He's good at it. All right? So these are the four things that will, I think, if you will allow them, allow you to create a listening environment, move you to genuine relationship, then, oh my goodness, then, I have no doubt the older generations have wisdom. You've lived longer. There's a lot on there. And it saddens me every single time I see that there is a blockage and there's a hiccup along the way that prevents one generation from extolling the words of the greatness of God to another generation. We can't be like that. So listening does that. Let me give you some tips, if I could, um, uh, because I want to keep this pretty practical as well. So if you're a grandparent and you want to connect with your teenage grandchildren or whatever it is, uh, so I surveyed uh, around. Um, two tips. One, stories are amazing. Stories are amazing. So listen to their stories and then Tell your stories. Stories way better than lecturing. Just it helps them to get to know you. And and my grandkids, uh, my parents' grandkids, my kids, um, really love hearing stories about their parents. In fact, we had a, like a younger, older segment that we cut out. I guess right. But you should have seen all the stuff that didn't make it into that video, even because we asked the older generation, "What was the worst thing you did when you were a teenager?" Just random people around it, which I'll keep completely anonymous. And the answers were like, I'm sitting there reviewing things in the office, right? And the answers are like, I was smoking and drinking. No, we're not saying that. I was, I was passing around drugs. I was, oh my goodness, all these older guys, never talk about your childhood again. 
<laughs> I mean, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. What you need to do is connect with your grandchildren by telling real stories. Because somehow God redeemed you, right? Like, stories are this great connector between generations. Secondly, be present is a tip, right? Be present. That means you're intentionally creating opportunities where you're just around. Maybe you're driving them from one place to another. Maybe you're out, you're helping them at various ministries, or your you're, you're grandkids in Sunday school, and you're helping out in Sunday school, or you're there at their sporting event, or things like that, right? Or over at dinner. Um, but you're, you're present. You're present. Those two were the top tips I got when I surveyed around. So I guess in closing, can I encourage you, can we be a generation can we be a generation that listens? And I, I know that's just five words up there. But I spent a long time writing because that is a double meaning sentence. Because we want generations that listen, right? We want people to be a generation that listens. So we've got to be a generation that listens. As older people, we, we should know better. In many ways, we're leading the way. God has formed us through more years. Let's lead the way by being great listeners. Let's shape the culture by creating a listening environment. Let's be the kind of people that we want the next generation to be, to be a listening generation. Cool? All right, let me just close this in prayer. Father, I want to thank you so much that you have led the way, that you are a humble God, and that you, despite all of your knowledge and all of your wisdom and all of your greatness, you are a God who listens, and oh God, we love you. Because you've heard our voice, our pleas for mercy, and you have spent time listening to us. Help us, Lord, as we grow to reflect you, as we create an environment for the next generations to even develop genuine relationship with us. Help us to have this humility um, as we engage cross-generationally. I pray for your church, Lord God. I pray for all of us. I pray for our families as well. Help us to translate today's message um, into our lives. And in particular, Lord, I pray for our youth who have been running today's service. We want to thank you for them. And Lord, I pray that they would be a generation that shines for you, that they would also be a generation that listens, and that they would reflect God in their own way in their, um, to their unique call, but that the same God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Okay, if you'd like to come up for prayer, look, I'd happy to pray for you um, and chat. Next week, we kick off Missions Month. A whole month on missions here at FJ. Hopefully, I'll see you next week. Please don't forget Scott's uh, session on Saturday. God bless.